Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. We are on episode 33. This is our final episode in our little mini-series on marriage, and today we're going to talk about what it looks like to live in submission. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. Okay, so submission. That's kind of a bad word in our culture, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So (laughs) can you define it a little bit for us? We've got a couple of different definitions, but can you give us one? Sure. So I like this short little definition from Piper. He says that submission is a happy response to a husband's biblical leadership. Happy response. Uh Wow. (laughs) That's the hard part. That can be hard sometimes, but I like that. Simple definition. Um, Piper also says that submission is the defined calling of a wife to honor and affirm her husband's leadership and so help to carry it through according to her gifts. Mm, that's good. That one expands a little bit. Yes, on it, I like it that. does. And he also says it is to support your husband's leadership. So I liked the word support. In yeah, that. yeah. And I like coming alongside him and mm-hmm. supporting him. Yeah, I like that. Um, another definition we got, and I think this was from a systematic theology podcast I listened to, but I'm not totally sure. So, but it, it said that it's the biblical ideal that is that is joyful, intelligent submission to the husband's headship which I like that it put joyful like mm-hmm. happy like we were talking about but then right. it also says the intelligent which I think um we'll talk more about later what that actually means but I like the idea that it's not just a pretend happy face mm-hmm. you know it's like no it's joyful and intelligent at yeah the same time. it's okay as women to use our brains like yes God gave us yes. our minds for a reason and yes. it's okay to use them also Matt Chandler talks about how living in submission we are a helper fit for him being our husband mm-hmm. we are to help them execute their primary position which is to be a leader and it doesn't make us weak being mm-hmm. a helper does not make us weak. And mm-hmm. I like Aaron uses the word helper a lot when she defines submission to people. And um, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's such a good example because that doesn't put us in this um, subordinate role right. necessarily. Like it's saying that they need us to come yeah. alongside them and help them. Right. And if we didn't have something to offer, then they wouldn't need us. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, and that they they can't live out the calling that God has in their lives without our help. Exactly. And so it makes you feel kind of special, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. you need me. They need us. <laughs> and I, I think like that. that takes us, uh, looking at scripture, that mm-hmm. takes us back to, and a lot of this stuff we've kind of talked about before when we've been talking about marriage and our roles in marriage, but back to Genesis. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm turning in my Bible, but I don't, I don't, I'm not even going to turn there. But that's where... Um, you know, Adam is walking through the garden looking for for someone to keep him company, looking for that help he needs. And God says, none of these things are going to be good enough. Mm-hmm. Here's a woman, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so um, God gave Adam Eve to be his helper. Mm-hmm. And I think that a really good thing to talk about that we haven't talked about much um, when speaking specifically about those verses is that we do already see this idea of leadership for the man. Because I think it's easy for us to just go, okay, he needed a helper. Here she is. Oh, Adam's so weak. He needs a helper. But that's not necessarily the case. So when we look at Adam um, throughout creation, we see that 
a couple ways that denote his leadership. And that one is that he was created first. Mm -hmm. God created man. Um, And then another thing we see is that as you're saying, as he's naming the animals and he names Eve, that shows a place of authority and leadership over her that he gets to name her. He gets to name her. Yeah. Yeah, So that, that, um, just a couple things that denote his leadership, because sometimes I think as we look at our roles, it's important to also understand why we're helping and who we're helping and and Mm -hmm. what's the purpose of our role as Mm -hmm. helper. And it is to help them live in the role that they've been given as leader to provide and protect their, um, their wives and, and their family. So it's easy to read the Bible and see that we're supposed to be submissive and to hear, okay, this is what submission means. We can listen to the definitions. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty day to day, what do you think submission really looks like, practically speaking? Yeah, I think this is the um, the most challenging part, but also the most helpful part. I think um, the the best thing I've heard about this, because I'm such a person that wants a list. Give me the list, and I will check off these things to make sure I'm doing it correctly. But I heard this um, in a book, a little booklet called What's the Difference by John Piper, and it's talking about living in our biblical roles. And he says that it's so much more about a disposition than mm-hmm. it is a set of behaviors. So I think one thing that is really helpful and practical is to just not think of it so much as here's my checklist of things to do, but to more keep it on the forefront of your mind to live in humility and to know and ground yourself in his word of what, what it is for you to live, um, in this God ordained order. And that as you focus on those things, then your disposition will begin to change and you won't have to worry so much about in this situation, what should I do? Right. And it'll Mm -hmm. just become more natural as you start to focus your disposition on, okay, how can I be a helper to him instead of how do I say the right thing or not say the right Mm -hmm. thing? But if you really set your feet on my purpose is to be a helper, what does that look like for my specific marriage? And how do I live out of a disposition of knowing my purpose? Yeah, that's good. If you have that disposition and if you're showing him that consistently, I think it's, they're less likely, the husbands are less likely to become defensive too. Mm, mm, Like if they know that your heart is to help them Mm -hmm. and to come alongside them and to be their support, sometimes when you do maybe um, question things or when you insert your opinion, which we totally believe that you should be Mm -hmm. able to say your opinion, but they won't see it as you trying to like defy them or go against what they're saying, but maybe they'll see it as she's trying to help me and this is what she sees in this situation and I'm going to listen instead of being defensive Mm -hmm. about it. That's good. They won't see it as an attack. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think there's also talking about our disposition. I mean, there's just so much to how we say things, Mm -hmm. how like our, our, our words, um, we can say the exact same thing and we can say it in this in a gentle way or we can come, come at our husbands just in a really harsh way. Mm -hmm. And, it just makes such a difference. Yeah. And so that overall disposition of being a helper, I just, I like that a lot. Yeah. That's I think good. one, one um, practical thing too is just, and this is something that's talked about a lot. I feel like when we talk about our biblical roles of the practicality of this is if there is a sense where you guys are in disagreement about something, it is okay and good for you to discuss that. Like, yeah, like Casey is saying in a way that is honoring of their leadership. But then at the end of the day, if you're still in disagreement, like, 
Taylor knows that at the end of the day, if we are in disagreement about something, he does have the final say. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part that a lot of us have a hard time with sometimes is remembering that. And it does take um, a lot of humility to accept that as, as Mm -hmm. fact, but there's, there's so many different moving parts here. And I think um, one thing to keep in mind is that at the end of the day, we are one team. We are one flesh. We are one body. And that, it's good for us to communicate with each other and to honor each other and lift each other up and that don't view it as fighting with each other, but as on, you're on the same team. You are. Yeah. Yes. You have the same goal in mind. Yeah. And I think you said something that's super important. And if you listen to last week's episode, when we talked with our, our husbands, I think we hit on this a lot, but I don't think we actually ever said the word, but communication Mm -hmm. is key. I mean, if you go back and listen, a lot of what they were saying was, communicate with mm-hmm. us yeah like t- you know tell us um first of all tell us that we're pretty like they <laughs> like encouragement but <laughs> that's one thing taylor was saying <laughs> tell him that you like his mustache <laughs> but that that's basically what it comes down to is knowing your spouse mm-hmm. like when we were talking about how they were different jonathan really physical touch means a lot to him encouragement means a lot to taylor and we wouldn't know that about our spouse if we didn't communicate with right, them if we right. didn't talk to them and so that communication is key saying hey babe like i am telling you this out of so much respect, but Mm -hmm. I need to tell you my opinion in this. It's okay to say those Mm -hmm. words. I think so many times for some reason we stray around, like just, just saying what we're thinking Mm -hmm. and we don't have to do that. I mean, like Aaron said, like we are one flesh, like we're, we're on the same team. We're working toward the same goal and it's okay and good to be completely honest. So I can think of a a personal example that literally just happened today about this. Um, And I'm not going to act like I handle it this well every time, but maybe it was on the forefront of my mind. You're probably (laughs) thinking about it since we're recording this. So um, one of our, one of our daughters has, she's, I don't know if you can say chronic ear infections, but she gets them. Oh yeah. That's a thing. Anytime (laughs) the season changes, she gets them. And um, she happened to have one. We took her in for her well check. We had no idea. She doesn't have any symptoms. I mean, she starts to not be able to hear real well, but other than that, she doesn't complain about it. She doesn't get a fever. She doesn't have anything. So um, Taylor wanted to get her on antibiotics and there's, there's a lot of background into this, but we, he would like to, and I would not like to. And so the, the situation came and I said, you know, honey, I don't want you to feel disrespected by this, but here's how I feel about this. So it just took me saying, I'm not trying to attack your authority. Um, and I'm not trying to disrespect you. Here's what I think. Mm -hmm. So sometimes all it is, is that your tone, like you were saying before communication and just letting them know up front, I think is super helpful. Hey, I respect you. Mm -hmm. And I even told him, you know, at the end of the day, if we don't agree on this, we'll get her what you want to do. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to do what you want to do, but I'm going to let you know my opinion. And, and it takes sometimes practice and repetition of reminding yourself, okay, uh, like, remind them of their God-given role to be the leader and then still be able to give your opinion. And, um, so I just think it's, it's helpful. And sometimes they might respond and say, okay, you know what? You're right. And they might concede and let, I don't want to say you have your way, but they (laughs) might lovingly agree with you and Mm -hmm. lay their pride down or lay their opinion down or whatever that is. Or they might say, no, you know what? At the end of the day, I am the leader and this is what I feel is best for our family out Mm -hmm. of love. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so it doesn't mean you're trying to win or it's a contest or an attack or anything like that. But I think that is just something that is a practical little helpful hint is to, 
if you're entering into a discussion or a, I don't want to say an argument, right. but if you're in a disagreement to just upfront remind them lovingly, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful here, but here's what I think about mm-hmm. this. I think just that is a tiny thing that makes a big difference. Oh, for sure. And I also think it's important to note that it's never okay for your husband to lead you into sin. Yes. Yes. So if what he's wanting you to do is, you know, that the Bible says it is a sin, Mm -hmm. then do not do it. Right. Christ is the ultimate headship. Mm -hmm. And so if it goes against Jesus, then it's okay to go against your husband. Yeah. And that's hard. And, um, I, I mean, there are so many different situations and I mean, we can't address all of them, but I, I know that that is a hard thing to do, mm-hmm. but it's never okay to just openly walk in sin mm-hmm. um, just to respect your husband. Like, right. Christ is the ultimate headship. And that's yeah. something that's important to remember yeah. as we're talking about this. But say your husband, we're, so we're talking about these situations as if your husband is is the leader of the home mm-hmm. and knows his role in that and um, really just um, lives in that role. Mm-hmm. What if your husband does not live in his role as the leader mm-hmm. of the house? I think that a lot of people run into this, and I think this can be really, really tough. Yeah. I think, first of all, and this might be a little aggressive, but I think, first of all, we have to define leader mm-hmm. because I think sometimes we use that as a cop out. I think so like, too. My husband isn't the leader. What does that actually mean when right. we say that? Because we want to, I think we want to find any excuse we can to not have to live in our God given role. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's not doing his job perfectly. Then I'm just not going to do mine at all. Mm-hmm. And that's not that we see from the Bible that, that that's not, it doesn't work like that. Like when we talked about before, where this is a covenant. This is not a contract. Just because he's not living up his part doesn't mean you don't have to live up your part. Your covenant is ultimately to your husband and to God. And so I think that's a first first note is what does leadership actually look like? And maybe we can flesh this out a little bit because Jonathan and Taylor, both of our husbands are very laid back. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's we have this idea of leader that they're really assertive and bossy and like strong-willed and all these things, but that's, that's not how technically we define leader. So I think maybe, um, maybe you can give us some insight on what do you think it actually means for the husband to be the leader? You used a word earlier that I really liked and I liked, um, protection, Mm -hmm. like to protect the family. That's not quite as aggressive as sometimes we think of the word leader because, um, you said this earlier when we were talking before, but you can think of leadership to sometimes leadership sometimes becoming corrupt. Mm -hmm. But when someone's protecting, it is most of the time out of out of love. Right. And so I think a leader is, is one that wants to protect his family, wants mm-hmm. to protect his wife and, and children. Another word you used earlier, and I think Taylor had said this to you, but someone that steers, mm-hmm. that steers their family, um, kind of like shows direct, shows direct, shows <laughs> the way and direction mm-hmm. for where the family should go. Mm-hmm. And that's not always an aggressive thing. Right. It doesn't have to be an aggressive thing. And right. I think if we actually listen to them, we will see them a lot of times trying to steer, trying to protect, mm-hmm. whether they're a super assertive person or not. Do you have any definitions of leadership? Um, I think one good place to look is since we looked back to Genesis 2 when we were talking about why God created women and as a helper fit for him, He it talks about and in verse 
um, 15 of chapter 2. It says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So I think if we're if we're going to take our ultimate definition of woman as helper from that same chapter, it's fair for us to do that for the man. And it says, he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. Mm -hmm. So like you're saying, I think, you know, protection is a big part of it. When we hear that to keep it, they had to protect it so that nothing ruined it or hurt it or harmed it. So they're keeping it. But the other part of that verse is that it says he was there to work it. Right. And I think that's a big part that we, we just come, um, maybe numb to maybe because it's just what they do. They go to work every right. day, but that's a big role for them is to, to have to work and provide. And that doesn't mean ultimately that they're the major breadwinner or mm -hmm. anything like that, but it does say that it is part of their role as leader to work for their family. And whether that's, I mean, going to be different in every situation, but it is part of their role to work and provide for their family. And that I think we take lightly because that's a heavy burden. That's a lot um, on their shoulders. And so I think it's good for us to remember that is that is a way that they lead. Mm -hmm. A way that they lead is by providing. Right. right. That's so true. Yeah. So when I think of ways that I can be submissive to Jonathan, I think of the fact that I need to just be quiet sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it's, I feel like that's kind of the stereotypical submission thing. And you can think, oh, she'll get walked all over. and But that's not the case. The reason I need to be quiet is so he has room to talk yeah. because he is a naturally um, more laid back person and he's not always as assertive. I can walk all over him mm -hmm. just because I am very opinionated. I'm definitely type A. I will tell my opinion to anybody that wants to hear. I mean, mm -hmm. hello, I have a podcast. <laughs> like I'm telling everybody my opinions. <laughs> and so I have to be quiet and I have to step back and give him room to mm -hmm. lead our family. Mm -hmm. And so I think that especially early on in our marriage, it would have been easy for me to say, well, he's just not fulfilling his role. He's just not being a leader. But that wasn't the case. I wasn't stepping back and letting him lead. Mm -hmm. And so have you run into anything that you think is a little bit more difficult because um, Taylor's not as, yeah, because of personalities. Yeah. 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 I mean, I can s agree with everything completely that you said I think another thing to keep in mind and this is um just us personally but hopefully a lot of y'all can relate to this is that um I think I've mentioned on here before Taylor wasn't a believer when we met and started dating um he accepted Christ before we got engaged and then um you know I have this I've grown up my whole life parents who are believers everything so I have this idea of as soon as we get married this like picture of leadership that I've created in my mind it's not anything um, it wasn't unbiblical, but it wasn't anything like specifically laid out in scripture. This idea that he was going to wake me up every morning with a Bible verse and, you know, this <laughs> whole like <laughs> idealized awesome. thing. And <laughs> at the end of the day, I would get frustrated. And, mm -hmm. and um, this is a Chandler quote that I think is fabulous, but all frustrations come from unmet expectations. Yes, so and these were expectations that were completely ridiculous for me to have. But um, I think it's important to remember like we've talked about before, our sanctification is from one degree of glory to the next. And, and yes, sometimes we get frustrated with that and we want to be further along than we are. But I think also sometimes we put that on our husbands. Mm -hmm. Like Taylor had literally been a believer for maybe a year when we got married. And I had these expectations that all of a sudden he was just going to be, you know, sanctified overnight right. into this image of Jesus that, you know, was going to sweep me off my feet, whispering me Bible verses. And that's, that's not really fair. That's not really mm -hmm. fair for me to expect him to, um, 
you know, speed up his sanctification process to catch up with me or you know, however you want to word that. Um, and I think that's a good thing to keep in mind if you're finding yourself um, frustrated or just discouraged or, you know, have some ideal in your mind that's not lived out to remember with humility that, you know, we're not where we want to be in our sanctification process and that they're growing as well at their own pace, you know, through the power of the Holy Spirit, not through the power of your nagging. You know what I yes. mean? Because um, yes. I tried that. I tried the whole nagging. Why don't you read your Bible to me in the morning? Why don't you do this? And, you know, it's not our job to be the Holy Spirit. We don't get to choose someone's sanctification. And that um, to just rest in the fact that God is working on their mm-hmm. hearts and he is growing them in leadership and that it's things that um, find the things that they are doing well yes. and encourage, encourage those things in yes. instead of picking their weaknesses because I have found truly that um, Taylor has grown so much, so much um, in his leadership and none of it has come from me telling him where to grow. Right. None of it comes from the nagging. No, I have found that with us too. Like, and I think about when you're talking about listening to the Holy Spirit and depending on the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to grow them, I think it's also important if we do find ourselves in the situation where we feel like our spouse is not leading us well to also listen to the Holy Spirit, like pray Mm -hmm. and pray, okay, Lord, what would you have me to say to them? Where, where can I encourage them? Um, just, spend time on your knees and say, Lord, like, Lord, this is the desire of my heart that my husband would lead our family. Well, what areas is he leading? Well, what areas could I encourage him in? What areas, um, could I help him grow in without being nagging? Mm -hmm. I think, I think once again, that open communication, not coming at him, wanting to, wanting to fight about it and attacking, but coming at him saying, this is my heart. Like, this is my heart for, for my family. This is where I think our family, um, needs to grow spiritually. Can I help you? Like, Mm -hmm. I think it was Matt Chandler that gave an example of like, get a Bible study and say like, here, here it is. It's laid out. I would love to walk through this with our children. Do you want to lead it every night? Mm -hmm. Like, and just come, come not saying here, you need to be doing this or you should have picked this out, Mm -hmm. but I did it instead. Like, don't be so aggressive and combative, but help them help give them tools, especially if they're a new believer Mm -hmm. or if they're struggling in their faith or anything like that. Like, I think encouragement is key Mm -hmm. and by being encouraging and by being um, that gentle presence in their life, I think that that's part of submission. Mm -hmm. I think that we can come alongside um, and help them lead and that's still being submissive to our husbands. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Do you have some um, scripture for us that kind of helps encourage in this area? Yes. So in first Peter, um, every time I read this, I'm like, Oh, it's like a stab to the heart. Yes. (laughs) Conviction. And I have it highlighted and I also like it because it talks about being adorned. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'll read it too. It's first Peter three and I'm going to read one through, uh, I think. Okay. It says, likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of your hair, the putting on of your gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit in which God's sight is very precious. 
Oh, man. Read the next one, too. Next one, too. Okay, this is five. For this is how the holy woman who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands. Oh, yeah, that one's kind of important, too, huh? <laughs> I don't know why I didn't have that highlighted. Y'all, a quiet and gentle spirit. Like, I struggle with that. Does not come naturally to me. No, me neither. Me neither. And that's part of submission. Mm-hmm. It's not saying, wives, let your husband walk all over you. Like, that's not what it's saying. But it's saying, the way I interpret this is, the more gentle and the more quiet you are, the more he'll hear you. Yeah. And the more he'll he'll see how he can lead the family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's so funny because the study that we're doing with the girls before bed there, this was their verse last night to have a gentle and quiet spirit. And, and they, you know, they were confused by it. They were like, why do I have to be quiet? And so we did, we did some hashing out with it, but I I like to think about it in this aspect of like, we're talking about, you know, where the, where the ideal is not present, right. Where our husband Mm -hmm. maybe isn't leading the way we want them to, or they're not as assertive as we think they should be, or where we're even struggling ourselves with submission. I think this kind of gives us an encouragement of reminding ourselves it's not the nagging that's going to work even to yourself because sometimes I think we get really frustrated at how we're not doing well at this but this gives us that reminder of that you know have a gentle and quiet spirit and the gentle is what really sticks out to me because I'm you know you can tell from this podcast I'm kind of aggressive and a lot of times abrasive in that to remind myself that in order to be gentle you have to be humble and Mm -hmm. and that's not something that comes naturally and it does take work but you know the Lord wants to help you in that and that it ultimately is what the Lord can use to bring your husband back to himself or to himself for the first time and it can draw him in in a way that puts God on display and makes God most beautiful so that then your husband does want to live in the way that God has called him to. And that feels so counterintuitive. Right. Like we're a culture that wants to do, 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 do. And, and tell so, everyone what to yes. do, 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 do. And so sitting back and when you feel like you're doing nothing, that doesn't, it feels like you're you're not going to get to where you want to go. Right. But just remembering that the Bible says so. Like the Bible says that this is how it's supposed to be. And so we need to we need to do it. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows better than our maker. And that actually kind of leads to to something else that I was um, reading about and thinking about is this order that God has placed for us. And we've talked about this before about God's beautiful design for us. But mm-hmm. I think it's important to reiterate, like it's there, our maker, the person that designed us, mm-hmm. the person that put us on this earth, he put it in place. And it's going to be for our good and his ultimate glory. And so that alone Mm -hmm. is reason to live in it. And I I think it was um, a Matt Chandler sermon. He was talking about how if the world saw our marriage functioning the way it should, they would no longer scoff at submission. Mm -hmm. Like if we were functioning in our marriage, being submissive wives, our husbands leading and they were to sit in our house mm-hmm. and watch our children, watch the way we interact, watch, um, you know, just if, if it were an ideal situation and someone else were to come in, they would they would see. They mm-hmm. would say, oh, like this is what it's supposed to be like. And that's why God made it that way. Like it's right. not a bad thing. Right. And it's um, because we're sinful and because we live with other sinners. And like Jonathan said on last week's podcast, like, when sinners are together, things are going to get messy, mm-hmm. then we have a little bit of a skewed view of what submission looks like because we have seen a lot of abuse, 
abusive relationships, but that's not because the wife was submissive. Mm-hmm. That that's sin. That's yeah. not good like biblical submission. That that's not the, the picture. Yeah, yeah, the design. That's not the picture that God's put for us in the Bible. Um submission is a beautiful thing and it's his beautiful design for us. Mm-hmm. Love it. Preach it. So, um let's see. So, would you have any advice for anybody if they were like really struggling with this? Um, yes, because I can tell you that I think I might, I can't remember if I've told this story before or not. Yeah, I did. But when we, before we got married and we did our, um, pre-marriage counseling, the first oh, thing yeah. after we took our tests, you know, they do like personality tests. The first thing our pre-marriage counselor said is, okay, submission's going to be a struggle for you, Aaron. Okay. So, um, I, like we said, I am a bold personality. I'm bossy. I'm all the things that you would not think of submission as. It has been something the Lord has really grown in my in my heart, but I'm not doing it perfectly every day by any means. I think, um, and I'll use an example for this. One thing that I think can be helpful is just like Casey's saying, slow down and listen mm-hmm. um, and don't act on the defensive. So like yes. if your husband comes to you you're like, I want you to lead. I want you to lead. And then he comes to you in a way that he could lead and you shut it down. You think he's going to do it again. Right. You know, if he has some idea that he wants to try to lead or steer the family and you immediately shut him down, he's not going to want to lead anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I think um, that's something practical. And just a personal example, the other day that happened, Taylor came to me with this um, idea that he wants to save a certain amount of money and do this Dave Ramsey thing. And I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. (laughs) I'm like, no, I want to go on all these vacations. Envelopes do not sound like fun. (laughs) Are you kidding? I'm like, but I don't want to do that. Um, But, you know, the Lord was like, you asked him to do this. You want him to lead. Like, don't shut him down. Listen to him. Have that gentle and quiet spirit. So we were on a walk. So I just kept feeling like the Lord was like, just listen. So I was like, okay, just slow down and listen. And Taylor said one thing that caught me and he said, I just want you to be on my page. Like, I just want you to be on the same page as me. And I was like, you're right. I'm not, I'm not being on the same page as you. And it wasn't an intentional thing. I just was like, no, but I want this. Mm -hmm. And all he was asking me was to, to get on his page, to get on his team. And I was like, okay, this is not necessarily what I want, but I want to be on your team. And sometimes it's more worth being on someone's team, even if it's not what you want, but to just to choose that over your own pride and your own desires. So my encouragement would be one, slow down and listen. Two, any chance that they try to lead, even if they fail at it, encourage them that they're trying. I have um, this woman who was my mentor, and I hope she listens to this. Sherry, if you're listening to this, that would make me so happy. But when I first got married, I was a teacher, and she was the secretary at the school. And so anytime I had free time, I loved going and talking to her. She was just so wise. And one thing she said to me was, I wanted my husband to lead, and I wanted him to lead, and he finally did, and I knew it was going to fail. I knew it was going to flop. I knew it was going to be horrible, but I just wanted to support him. And that she did, and he, he had this idea, and he carried it out for their family and it flopped and they ended up getting in debt and it just didn't go well but she was so just proud of the way that he was trying to lead their family that she did anything she could to support him like she tried to get another job to pay off the debt that they had and just things that that could be helpful so I think anytime that your your husband leads like encourage him in that even if it doesn't work out don't turn around and be like I told you you failed you know which which is hard oh that's super convicting yeah yeah there are many times that I see things going the wrong direction Mm -hmm. and I don't say anything because I'm trying to, you know, 
submit and trying to trust and all of the things. And then when it does fail, Jonathan's like, did you see that coming? Why didn't you say anything? I'm like, well, I did, but I was trying to be submissive. And then I just explode. And that's not good either. Like, It's okay for me to say like, well, I was, I was letting you lead, but not to follow it up with a I now told, you failed. Yeah, yeah, now you failed type of thing. Say, I was letting you lead, and I was hoping it would work out. But since it didn't, like, let's pick up and go again or right. whatever it yeah. is. And it's usually silly things like, I missed the turn at Walmart. Why didn't you tell me? And I'm yeah. like, well, I was trying to let you leave the car. <laughs> like, it's so dumb. Y'all, this is hard for me. It really is. Me too. Me and, too. I mean, I love my husband. I think everybody sees that. But like behind closed doors like this really is tough for me it really really is and so and like we talked about it's a personality thing and I think on the other end we just happen to have husbands with similar personality types I know there are women out there whose husbands are like overly aggressive Mm -hmm. and so that's a whole different ball game right but the challenges are different I think the challenges are different but I think overall the same principles apply Mm -hmm. the listening the communicating the praying you know pray 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 over your spouse um I think that's so important um I think also just looking to those and we talked about it a little bit when we were talking about Song of Solomon but looking to the people ahead of us Mm -hmm. and mentoring the people behind us oh that's you know it's incredible it's just incredible how when you are helping mentor someone else Mm -hmm. it helps your relationship too because like you said you know submission was on the forefront of your mind today so what did you do you submitted (laughs) to your husband because you were thinking about it so when you're mentoring another couple you're Uh thinking about these things more but also looking to people ahead of you like I have a friend that we actually wanted to do this episode Heather totally just ditched us but that's okay that's okay we'll forgive you but I wanted her to do this episode really really badly because she's a probably about eight years ahead of me in marriage and when I first got married she was just a huge encouragement Mm -hmm. because I was with them on a daily basis they had young children and I saw the way she submitted to her husband there were multiple times when I was like why are you why are you doing that like you don't want to do that why are you doing that she's like because that's what Steve thinks is best for our family. And so I'm going to submit to that. And I was just so impressed because <laughs> I was still at that stage where I was like, no, like your opinion <laughs> counts. Like you need to say your opinion. And I totally get it now. But it was such a good example for mm-hmm. me, just her quiet and gentle spirit. And she has opinions. She really does. She's not, you know, a pushover. But the way she let her husband lead was just so inspiring to me and something that I have, um, I learned a lot from her. And so looking up, reaching back, mm-hmm. I think those are, those are big things that are important um, in your marriage, in any relationship, really. Yeah, I think that's super helpful. We have a tendency to want to hang out with people who are exactly like us in the exact yeah. same season as us. So it does take effort, but I think it's so worth it to... to find those couples that can kind of mentor you mm-hmm. even just not even necessarily in a um, real organized fashion but just to watch right. them that's what I was gonna say yeah. even people on social media like I posted on my Facebook the other day hey there's an unfollow button like use it because if if your feed is full of people that are like not encouraging to you mm-hmm. and that are constantly negative there's no reason to be following fill up your news feed with encouraging people mm-hmm. like find couples that you look up to and follow them Mm -hmm. on social media it's amazing how much of an encouragement that can be alone and that might seem kind of trivial 
but it really can encourage you. I know there are several people that, that I follow and it's a huge encouragement to Mm -hmm. me to see how they interact with each other. Um, it's just really neat. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah. Um, do you have any, we've mentioned a few here and there, but any resources that you would like to throw out there? Um, yeah. So that what's the difference? I think it's really old. I got it at half price books and it's like purple. It looks very seventies. Um, (laughs) I think I got it for like two ninety nine and a half price books. That that that's a good one. Um, the beautiful design series. Yes. We always go back to that. We'll link that again. I think we've linked it before. Yes. Um. What about that other book? It's by a lady, and we've both read it, but I cannot think of the name oh, of it right um, now. Feminine appeal. Yes, feminine yes, appeal. That's 100%. a really really good one. One hundred percent. My sister in law really gave it book. to me when I got married, and yes. it was really good. I have a couple copies because I like it. So yeah. Much. <laughs> so you have to read multiple copies. I, I think I couldn't find it when we moved, so I ordered another one, and then I found it. <laughs> Makes total sense. Yeah, that's that's a really good one. I'm trying um, to think if there's anything. I mean, we've talked about mingling, mingling of souls. I think John Piper also has another book on marriage. He does. Um, it's written with somebody else. It's like a... Um, I can't think of what it's called. I, we have it at our house, but I've not read it. Oh, oh, the little book on uh-huh, marriage. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm. I can't think of what it's called, but it's a good one, and we'll link it. Meaning of marriage? No, that's Tim Keller. I was going to say Tim Keller has a good one, too. Um, Love and respect is always good. Yeah, so there there are so many good books out there, and I'm sure there's a bunch of not-so-good books out there, too. So make sure that any marriage book you're reading comes from a author that you that you trust. Yeah, and then, of course, always we say this, the Bible, but I think it's I think it's really important as we're wanting to live out these God-given roles to truly understand what they are, but then also to be grounding ourselves in one of the biggest themes of the Bible, which is humility. And the more we read about humility and we see Jesus displaying humility and we understand what is humility, it really truly will help us to live in submission. If we know that our life is not our own, as we read in scripture, we're a new creation. Our purpose is to live for God's glory. Then it takes away kind of that automatic feeling that rise up of what about me though? Mm -hmm. And I deserve this and all of this. And when we saturate ourselves in the gospel, you don't deserve, you deserve death actually. Then it helps you to then understand okay, I can walk in submission because mm-hmm. none of this is for me or by my own skills or anything like that. So yes, the Bible. And I think we didn't really touch on this much because we did in other episodes, but if you go back to Ephesians 5 mm-hmm. and read about Christ in the church and how marriage is a picture of, yes. of how we as the church are sub, 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 isn't supposed to <laughs> submit to Christ, yes. um, we as wives are to submit to our husbands. Yes. And so it's, it's meant to be that picture and that imagery there. And I think that's super important too. Mm-hmm. This has been fun talking about submission. Mm-hmm. I know submission's not always a fun topic, and I feel like it's out there a lot lately, but it's actually one of our favorite topics, yeah. I feel like, yeah. because it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. So do you have a quote that you would like to end with? Yes. Yeah, so speaking of um, Ephesians, just like you said, and just a little plug, if you haven't listened to the episodes before, go back and listen to those ones, because there is some stuff that we don't spend a lot of time defining, yes. like our complementary roles and how yes. we are equal in dignity and value that we talk about a little more in the other episodes. So make sure you go back and listen to those. But we will finish out today talking about um, Ephesians 5 that we've mentioned in other episodes. And this is just a little quote from um, J.I. Packer's book, Concise Theology. And it says, by using Christ's relationship to his church, To illustrate what Christian marriage ought to be, Paul highlights the husband's special responsibility as the wife's leader and protector and the wife's calling to accept her husband in that role. 
The distinction of roles does not, however, imply that the wife is inferior as a person, but as God's image bearers, the husband and wife have equal dignity and value and are to fulfill their role relationship on the basis of the mutual respect that is rooted in recognition of this fact. If you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes, and most importantly, share with a friend. The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cobbs. Subscribe to